0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. Okay, woke in it.
1: See, this is what happens when you get up. Early after being out partying with Wiggins and Root and the guys and let me try that again Welcome into another edition of the opening kickoff Mark and Lee here with you for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com I Want to thank everybody who came out to Mo's downtown last night for the WNSP March Madness matchup challenge Lee there was a little drama in the air last night got very dramatic people on the edge of their seats You would not believe, first of all, there were two random blank pieces of paper in the drawing. Not sure how they got there. Probably stuck to some other things. That was the first drama. I don't know if a lot of people saw that, Nick, but we were kind of hoping that Nick didn't screw up. He didn't, by the way. The other thing, Lee, is that do you know the last team selected from the random draw out of all the teams Alabama, Alabama was the very last team. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't do that again if we tried like we there might have been a better chance of one of us filling out a a, a perfect bracket like you can't even do that on purpose. I don't think because we had multiple people, Corey, Nick uh, Bronner and I each took turns. Natalie took a turn. We each took turns pulling teams and everybody was waiting for Alabama, and it was the
2: very last one picked. Incredible. Who got Fairly Dickinson? I'm only teasing. They were one of the winners yesterday. Arizona State was the other. Those games weren't really close, so they advanced. All right, a uh, couple of things. Headlines. Jet fans may be feeling ecstatic. Met fans may doom and gloom. And a new twist to the Alabama drama from the shooting on January 15th. To the uh, Jet fans, they heard Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee say that he wants to play for the Jets. He's waiting for the trade. He hopes everything goes well. Hopefully we'll have audio from him. And from the Met fans, well, you know, one of my, I'm not going to say it's a pet peeve of not, but I also warn about post-game celebrations. And after Puerto Rico won its game yesterday, five to two over the Dominican Republic. And if you don't know how much this means to that country, you just don't understand the Latin American culture. But Edward Diaz, the star closer for the Mets, struck out the side mark. Do they have the postgame celebration? He collapsed. His knee went down. He got hurt. Doesn't look good. Meanwhile, a story breaks. There was a lot of stuff going on with Alabama at the press conference. Uh, Nate Oates explaining why Brandon Miller has an armed guard. And we'll get to that, too, and hopefully we'll have Nate uh, comments coming up very shortly. He explained with social messaging and threats on Brandon Miller. He didn't go specifically into the threats. I don't know if they were life or death threats or things like that, but he said we had there's an armed guard, and, and one of the reporters asked him, why is that armed guard there? But then, uh, just recently, uh, overnight, Billy Witts, I don't know him, but he's a reporter for the New York Times, is reporting this morning that there was a fourth Alabama basketball player at the scene of the tragedy on January fifteenth, the shooting death of Camille Harris. That person that player was identified as a walk on freshman, Kai Sears. He's from Pittsburgh. And Witz has him actually in the vehicle driven by Brandon Miller when he went to pick up uh, Darius Miles and as you know the the weapon was in the back seat. Now Sears was asked about this I don't know who asked him but he was asked and he said I can't comment on that I'm sorry I can't comment but however Alabama issued a statement don't know from who but a spokesperson saying that story is very inaccurate so
1: yeah in fact they just came out and said it was wrong that there was no other student athlete there.
2: So as of Prior to the story, you know that Jaden Bradley and uh, and Miller, of course, were there. Darius Miles obviously was there. He's been charged with capital murder. But Billy Witts of the New York Times reporting, and it's being picked up slowly but surely by other media, that there was a fourth person identified as Kai Sears who was in the car. Sears says, I can't comment on that. And as Mark uh, again reiterated, Alabama says that story is inaccurate. Now, again, say what you want. As Alabama prepares for its first-round NCAA tournament game, one forty-five today against the Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And by the way, uh, the the pregame we have it starting at one o'clock. Okay, so on WNSP uh, you can hear that game beginning with the pregame at one, and then we'll pick up NCAA coverage tonight at seven. But uh, the the Alabama drama will continue. As long as Alabama continues into this NCAA tournament, and as you go from site to site, let's say you know they win, and then they win on Saturday, you go to Louisville. You're going to have a different set of media there, and stories are going to keep emerging, and the comments will be pretty much the same from Alabama. You know, they they, basically they're saying they can't comment on obviously Nate Oates and any of the players, and basically they're talking about rallying around one another. Uh, We're a bomb. We're team. The chemistry and all that, and they're trying to block out all this other stuff. As we've said earlier, when this thing broke, this is not going away. There is a
1: twist of irony, though, that this case centers around a a handgun, and now Brandon Miller is being escorted around by an armed, ar- armed guard. With a gun. Um, but I would say, I, I would feel pretty confident that the university statement is more accurate than that report because of the because you said no one's saying anything whether it's confirming or denying any report but alabama came out and flatly denied
2: yes that but report. why the, why wouldn't kai sears come out and deny it then
1: uh i think when you because if you only come out and deny the things that are wrong but you don't comment on anything else. Then I think there's an insinuation
2: that you're admitting whatever was said
1: is accurate.
2: Well, right. Here's the deal: growing up in New Jersey and having access to the New York Times, the Times always prided itself on being above and beyond. What we print is the gospel truth. It's like when you kid around, you know, on the internet, everything is correct. Well, it's not. But the New York Times always had this reputation. We were bigger and better than anybody else. We're not uh, gossip. We're not. We're not like the New York Post or the Daily News with a bunch of gossip i'm not I'm not here to tell you it's right or wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying that it's kind of interesting that as soon as this story comes out from supposedly a very reputable newspaper that the state you know Alabama immediately issues a statement to me he's either he's either there or he's not you know I mean i you know I don't that that's what gets me I mean he's either in the car or he's not in the car yeah well if he
1: if he was and Alabama comes out and flat out denies it then they just keep digging i mean they're they're co- they're committing public relations suicide cuz at some point it's going to come out whether he was there or he wasn't there uh so i don't know why alabama would adamantly deny something to be true in the hopes that it would somehow go away or i mean it just seems like in such a serious case and manner that you would fight that
2: specific
1: allegation
2: and why would billy Witz? and again mark you being at least until you you know until you come in here i mean back when with the uh the newspaper you were a journalist you wrote stories why would billy Witz write a story like that if it was inaccurate
1: well i mean someone that he feels pretty comfortable with told him that um and, I mean, look, there, there are all sorts of people these days that, that feel pretty good about reports that ultimately aren't true. I, I just think there's a better chance, not knowing him, not knowing who crafted that Alabama statement, I, I think there's a better chance that his sources were wrong than Alabama's
2: just flat-out lying with a statement. I would have—and, again, I'm not taking sides on this because he said, she said, but— I would have preferred if Kai Sears just came out and said, look, I wasn't there, period. Leave it at that, you know. But, again, these, these players are being schooled on but, what to say and not to say. Right.
1: Well, I, that's what to say if you say anything, then it opens the door for interpretation of what you're not saying. So if I say, uh, Lee, uh, did you jump off a bridge this morning? I can't really talk about that. Lee, did you have coffee today? No. Well, why did you answer that question? You know, I've been instructed not to talk about my actions this morning. Did you jump off a bridge? No. I mean, I can't answer that. Did you have coffee? Well, no. Well, wait, well, why'd you answer the second one but not the first one? Is it because the first one's true? You know what I mean? Like, I think. I, so I think that's why you have to have a blanket, I'm not talking about this.
2: Well, one guy that was talking, Aaron Rodgers, and I think uh, Pat McAfee's podcast probably had more than double the listeners. I'm only guessing on that. I don't know much about it. But uh, he came out and said, "Yes, I want to play for the Jets. It's I listened to a lot of his comments on the way in this morning. He's just he's funny. He, he was saying like you know when he went to the dark side, as he called it the hippie village yeah <laughs> I love that called the hippie village. He said, um, you know, basically, you know I, I when I went there I would I didn't think I wanted to play football, but then when I came out of the dark side, the hippie village, I want to play football. I thought when I went in there, the Packers told me take all the time you want. Now he comes out and he's re- you know he's railing against the Packers. Let me remind you, uh, Aaron. The Packers made you a very rich person. Eighteen years. I don't know how you can dump on a program. And then he finally comes out and says, "Well, it's a business. I understand that." He just goes, "You talk about me going in different directions. This guy goes all over the place."
1: Yeah, and but. I'm beginning to feel like Aaron Rodgers enjoys this part of his life or job as much as he does playing football at this
2: point. I agree with you.
1: Uh, I think he loves the attention. Yeah, they just love the attention. You know, there's certain guys that like their names out there for jobs, whether or not they're taking jobs or not. This has just become a thing with Aaron after every offseason or every every season now. And uh, it's pretty obvious the Packers just don't want to deal with it anymore, and and now you, now you you get to the point where you start talking about, you know, fair compensation for the Packers. I mean, they're
2: just not going to give him away as much as they don't want him. Um, he he claims, now and again, I can only go on what he said. He claims that the Packers told him, take all the time you want. He understood it to mean that we want you back if you want to play. So then he comes out of this wherever he was, the commune, dark side, hippie village, whatever he, he that's what he called it. And said. So then he, fi- he starts hearing from his, his phone messages and all that. And he did specify from other players that the Packers are shopping you around. And that's when he kind of felt that he was being disrespected. And that's when he kind of felt that he wanted to go play for the Jets.
1: See, what's so ridiculous about this, I don't mean to cut you off, but so he'll sit there and say he'll kind of go after the, the Ian Rappaport and the Schefters of the world for the people they're not talking to. Their sources are not people in my inner circle. Well, he's doing the same thing they're doing. Like you're hearing from other people that you're being shopped. Well, if that's the case— Go talk to Packer management or whoever it is you have to go talk to and say, here, I'm hearing this. This is what you told me. Where do we stand? But instead, we play this game where he goes and does, a, you know, uh, the McAfee show and he starts saying things and saying he's heard this. And and then he's going to rail on other people for not taking the proper channels. It just seems disingenuous. Uh, it seems a little hypocritical, quite frankly. Dude, just go ask the guys. Am I being shopped or not? Like,
2: we're all adults here. As as he pointed out, it's a business. I think he's very quirky, but he's funny. I was listening again on the way in today. They had him on the overnight. And just to listen to his statements, I'm really, to be honest, sick and tired of the story. I wish it would go away, trade him, get him to the Jets, and and let's move on. But he is funny. (laughs) He really is the way he talks about it. And the fact that he spent 18 years with the organization and just rails on him. And he said, you know, if they had— if they had just come up to me and said, look, we're going to trade you, I, I, I would have felt much better about that. Just come up and tell me to my face. You yeah. know, don't don't go behind the scenes and do things like this. Well, guess what, Aaron? It just doesn't work like that in sports. All right,
1: so those are just a couple of the issues. And, hey, guys, here we go. The tournament, as far as I'm concerned, starts today. Uh, games all day today. How many have taken the day off today? And have you have you done your bracket? We have a bracket challenge uh, here at WNSP where you can uh, go to ESPN. Uh, I'm not sure how many we have, uh, Nick, but we got a, a few in there. I know I'm in there. You're in there. I think Bronner and Corey are in there. Uh, so join the fun. And uh, the bracket challenge link is in there about four. You know what? I'll just copy it and throw it back in there for you guys that want to get your, your brackets in there. It takes two seconds if you've already done a hard copy. Encourage you to do it. Uh, coming up today... We'll talk to South Alabama coach, football coach, I guess I gotta specify this time of year, Kane Wamick, as uh, they Boys and girls, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff.
2: All right, Mark. Uh, I mentioned we might have NATO, but we're having some technical issues with our audio, so we don't. So we don't have the NATO's comment. As he was asked, uh, obviously the media very observant. They saw an armed guard uh, with uh, Brandon Miller, and they inquired about it. And Nate said, Look, we've gotten a lot of social messages, threatening messages. He didn't specify exactly, he didn't I don't think he went into like are these life and death type messages, but still enough that he felt it was necessary that there will be an armed guard with Brandon Miller throughout the tournament.
1: Um Based on what he said, it sounds like uh, there were plenty of threats. I'm wondering – it got me thinking too because I, I said how ironic is it that this, this whole case is, is about a gun and now there's now an armed guard uh, following him around. How much – I'm curious from both of you. How much of this – i've I've said this about a number of cases, and I think it's true for this Alabama case. If you're an Alabama fan, you're gonna you're gonna defend Brandon Miller here in the university. And if you're not, you're gonna go after him, right? And if the roles were reversed, you'd feel differently, right? If this were Auburn, I think Alabama fans would be very uh, critical of the way the university and the player do and a whole deal. But how much of this is not only that, but how much of this do you think is like and I don't want to get political here, but how much of this is just how uh, like a gun control issue, like people that, are for guns or against guns? How much of that do you think w- weighs on people's opinion? Well, of I think this? that
2: weighs a lot, Mark. I really do. I, I, I mean, especially as, and I, I'm not going to go back how many years, but I think with the shootings on campuses and so forth recently, uh, we talked about the Virginia, then the Michigan State. I well, I think it's a huge issue and and you know on both sides. You know obviously there is a group that supports guns and so forth and it's a it's a, it's a very political group and and it's I can't speak w- with total knowledge on this but I think it's one of the reasons and I could be wrong on this and maybe some of the people in the app but I think with the you know the, the people that you know support weapons and they're very politically active, Mark, and that's one of the reasons you don't see legislation coming out, you know, from Congress that they don't wanna they don't wanna deal with it and alienate that group either. But obviously you can't blame parents, especially those who have had sons or daughters that have been at schools where there's been shootings. But no, I think anytime a weapon is involved and we saw okay, I'll take it a step further and maybe move out of what you were talking about with the Jay Morant case suspended eight games now this comes out yesterday he's already missed a few games this will take him through monday why because there was a gun on display so sports in a sense maybe moving forward or at least the nba and saying this this is detrimental conduct detrimental to to us we saw plaxico burris uh yeah get arrested and charged i don't know if he actually spent time it's been too long ago for having a gun in a nightclub so i think some some organizations are waking up to this but again that there's a very powerful group about you know let's let's keep our weapons so you're you're right it's political
1: all right well you guys can jump in and I, look i i think the comment uh that brendan miller did make about it was as good a comment as you could make Uh, i mean he tried to downplay it a little bit and 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 I, i think he's he's handled that part of it as well as anybody could under the circumstances uh regardless of how you feel about him or this case uh and i continue to say that his ability to kind of block all for for lack of a better term, block all this out and and still play at the level in which he's playing. It, it's it's been pretty incredible. I want
2: to go back to that other story, the New York Times story. Like I said, and you know I'm not a big fan of the New York Times, but they've always had, at least in their own mind, a reputation that what we print is true. You know, but here we are. What's the date today? March 16th, 16th. and this incident occurred January 15th. There have been police reports. There have been indictments. And so now we're getting a story that there was a second Alabama basketball player in the car. Why would it take so long, if this was true, to even come out? Why wouldn't that have been known much earlier? You've had eyewitnesses. You've had police investigators quoted. And you're saying now, oh, by the way, did you know... There was another Alabama player allegedly in the car. Come on, he either was on the fifteenth or he wasn't. And wouldn't that something that wouldn't that be in the police report yes, that is openly available? Exactly, he'd be a cooperative witness. So how'd they get that wrong? Don't ask me. But or it, if they didn't ooh, wait, get it wrong, wait. if it's
1: right, how did they it's, keep it under wraps for so long? It's the New York long? Times. Yeah. All right, 629, we come back. We'll talk some football. Kane Womack, the South Alabama football coach, said to join us next right here on the sports station, WNSP. 42. welcome back in the opening kickoff continues here on wnsp mark and lee in the studios thanks for hanging with us
2: let's talk to the head uh, football coach at the university of south alabama kane womack kane welcome to the show good morning
3: good morning glad to be on with you guys
2: hey we've missed you where have you been
3: oh just getting things done around here getting ready for spring football we've uh uh, we've got our first practice starting on Friday, uh, or tomorrow, uh, and obviously our guys have had a really good off season. Um, you know, there's there are uh, uh, positives to, you know, to the uh, the amount of retention that we've had, both in our coaching staff and, and uh, uh, certainly coordinators, and and then obviously when you have 20 returning starters, there's a lot of great momentum. Uh, and a lot of carryover from some of the things that that we did de- uh, that we did a year ago to kind of move the belt forward. So,
2: Kane, from the uh, standpoint of positions, what would you say are the three priority items? Uh, one, two, three. One thing I think you don't have to be concerned about is a quarterback, right? Because year in year out, coaches say, "Well, we have this quarterback battle," but you got your quarterback. So, what other positions take priority? Yeah.
3: Well, certainly, uh, you know, when you have the amount of returning starters that we have, obviously you can point to a lot of positions um, and, and there's some excitement about the experience that's coming back. You know, obviously the quarterback position is is probably most exciting. But uh, but you do lose a couple uh, key pieces of the puzzle. You know, um, I think our interior offensive line, when you lose someone like James Jackson, you know, we've got to make sure that we, you know, uh, figure out the right person and the right grouping of offensive linemen to, uh, you know, we've got four returning starters uh, but at the same time, you want to make sure you get the right people in the right fit. Uh, you know, Darrell Luter at the corner position, obviously we've got uh, some, some guys coming back and Ricky Fletcher and uh, Marquise Robinson, um, and yet at the same time, you got new faces like Reggie Neely that are here. Um, so just seeing kind of who who's going to play that boundary corner, who's going to play the field corner position, um, and then I would say, you know, you, you lose Jalen Wayne, so you, you – you've you've got Jalen Tolbert, Jalen wayne in the last two years uh really fortunate to have colin lacy and devin boyson both step up with with 60 plus catches this year but from a personnel standpoint those are some of the needs that we feel like uh we've got to address between now and the beginning of the season
2: you start tomorrow you'll wind up with uh when will you have your spring football game
3: um we uh have our spring game on april 15th um so we'll uh We'll, we'll go uh, 15 practices between now and then starting on Friday, the first couple of days, uh, you don't put pads on and then uh, uh, the third day you can put pads on and, and we'll get a couple scrimmages in between them as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited you know going into year three, there's a lot of um, just again, that, that carryover and experience and, and, and it makes things, uh, you know, you get to hone in on maybe some things that are a little more detailed in each person's role uh, that you didn't maybe get to cover in year one or two, just because there was so much else to get done.
2: Ken Womack is our special guest, the head football coach at the University of South Alabama, coming off a of ten-win season. I want you to talk about some of the new coaches, the local coaches you have added to your staff.
3: Yeah, uh, well, both on the field uh, and off the field, we've we've had some. Uh, some, some great additions uh, to our staff. You know, um, uh, most recently here, uh, we were able to uh, hire Trey Williams, who's a former St. Paul's linebacker and then went on to be a, a team captain at Auburn. Um, and so, you know, it, uh, Trey is a Mobile native. Um, you know, I'm sitting there listening to this guy at 27 years old um, in his interview and, and just so impressed uh, by the way he carries himself. You know, it seems like everybody that knows Trey speaks about that um, and, uh, and how impressive he has always been as a young man and, and, and a young player and now as a coach. Um, and so uh, uh, very excited to be able to bring him in. And then you've got uh, Eric Collier, uh, who's been the head coach at Theodore High School for the last decade, been a longtime high school coach in the state of Alabama. And uh, we are able. To, uh, we brought him in as our, our director of football development. He'll handle a, a lot of the external relations, um, you know, from high school relations to um, NIL and funding and uh, uh, and and kind of helping uh, with that end in, in terms of fundraising, um, you know, community relations, all those things, and, and certainly his background and, and knowledge of this area is is very fitting uh, for that opportunity.
2: Is there any position that you don't have experience returning?
3: Uh, Do you mean like in in our
2: coaching staff? No, 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 on the field, on the field. Any position at all on the field?
3: Well, uh, I I think kind of those, some of those that we we talked to before, um, I mean, you've got uh, a center position, right? Uh, You know, James Jackson was our starting center. Um, Jalen Wayne was a starting uh, uh, outside receiver. Um, and then Darrell Luter uh, at the corner position. But, uh, you know, uh, outside of that, I mean, you really, we really have a lot coming back. Um, uh, we do have some players that are out for spring. Uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, we've got, we've got a number of them, quite a few uh, that are starters. So in some ways, right, uh, the, the positive of, of not having those guys for spring is you're able to build some depth. Even though you've got a bunch of returning starters, they may be out, and so some other guys are going to get some rips this spring that will inevitably going to uh, you know, help us in, in the season.
1: Are you going to have a TV out there so guys can make sure their brackets aren't busted over the next couple of days? <laughs> well,
3: uh, excuse me. Uh, no I uh, watered down the wrong pipe. No I, I I think my my job is just to make sure that when they are filling their brackets out that that, that there's nothing that they're you know putting any money on. Yeah,
1: that's probably so, a good call. Uh,
3: you know, find to find to have their brackets out just the way they do it uh is what I'm most concerned about. And,
1: and then, you know, the other thing I picked up on, man, is uh, you're clearly getting old, man. When you start talking about bringing young guys in, you, it seems like just last year you were the young guy. What's going on? Yeah, well, I don't know
3: if I would say that totally, uh, but I will say... Uh, you know, when you're when you're 35 and you when you hire somebody that's 27, you realize, okay, all right, you <laughs> you are moving along in this profession, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, but no, we've we've got uh, we've got really a great staff. I mean, I've got you know our our I guess our range is now we've got our youngest on field coach is now 27. Our oldest coach is 54, um, and uh, and then we're kind of spread all throughout there.
2: Kane Womack, our special guest. Kane, I was going to ask you about. Did you uh, fill out a bracket? And if you did, who do you have winning this thing?
3: You know, um, unfortunately, I've been so uh, uh, well. I've been so focused on what we're doing. That's a good thing. However, uh, sometimes I don't get to enjoy some of the things that uh, that come around at different parts of the year. Um, and uh, I, I have not gotten to watch a lot of college basketball uh, outside of South Alabama, and so. Uh, once, uh, once we were done and, and not in it, I, I really couldn't tell you much about anything. I know Alabama's way up there, uh, and they've got a really, really impressive team. Uh, but uh, outside of that, uh, I, I, I couldn't really tell you much uh, about the, the brackets right now.
2: Very good. Well, we'll be following up with you on uh, scrimmage. Do you have any scrimmages uh, planned during the next couple of weeks? We
3: do, uh, and, and I'm I'm blanking on the dates on those. I, I see them as pra- as our practices. So I know <clears throat> I know practice number eight, which will be on a Friday, and a couple Fridays from now. Um, uh, I guess it'll be yeah, three three Fridays from now will be our first scrimmage, uh, and uh, and then we'll, we'll try to get. At least one more good scrimmage in before we get to the spring game itself on on uh, on April fifteenth.
2: We know you got a really good quarterback coming back, but uh, who's going to back him up?
3: Well, we're, we're fortunate to be able to hold on to Desmond Trotter. You know, Desmond had uh, got got in the transfer portal to explore some options, and as you would imagine, a guy that has starting experience and all those things, a, a number of teams. Uh, courted him and, and brought him in and, and uh, <clears throat> we gave him an opportunity. You know, he's been such a great loyal uh, teammate and done everything we've asked him to do that if he wanted to see an opportunity uh, through that you know, that we would allow him to do that. And he looked into it and, and decided that this was the right place uh, for him and so to, to, to come back here. And, and, uh, and so I, I'm excited. I think Desmond has take, taken leaps and bounds over the last two years with Major Applewhite and, and our offensive system uh, to be able to have him as, as always. I mean, you are, you are one play away, as we have already seen in our two years here. Um, from being the guy and then uh, certainly we're all excited to uh, to see what Gio Lopez our our true freshman who transferred or came in early uh, as a mid-year enrollee uh, we'll get our first first look uh, uh, with him behind the center
2: at the end of the uh, spring uh, practices will you still explore the uh, transfer portal
3: yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we have uh, intentionally left some positions open, uh, w- you know, whether it be uh, for a starter, um, which we hope, <laughs> right, that we don't have to bring. A lot of guys in that we feel like are, are need to need to come in and start, uh, just because you know of all the experience we have coming back. However, you know it may just be depth at a certain position, or, or uh, we may have identified that we, uh, you know, are better in one position than we thought coming out of spring, or uh, or have some some real room for improvement that we need to address uh, within the transfer portal. So those things. Um, Uh, I would imagine will happen, uh, you know, kind of more in that late April, May
1: time. frame. Kane, enjoy it, man. I know you're probably pretty pumped to get started. We appreciate you getting up early with us and uh, have a great weekend. Hope it goes well
3: awesome i really enjoyed
1: it guys jay's up and leo that's uh south alabama coach kane womack all right so when we come back uh you guys can jump in i do want to say i want to give a shout out right now we met a lot of fine folks yesterday nick at at our march madness matchup challenge i want to say hi to lee phillips out there he listens every morning he's riding around or driving around his truck so we appreciate you listening and it was great to meet you and your wife yesterday at moe's so Again, thanks for listening, and uh, have a great weekend. We come back. We wrap up our number one next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
4: This is Brad Nesler and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile.
1: number one right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. I want to remind you guys, if you're if you're new to the area, new to our show, first of all, welcome. But if you're getting close to that retirement age uh, and you're still looking um, to figure out what you want to do as you retire, maybe you're still working. Maybe you have a number of issues you need. Uh, you have questions about. Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors uh, is the guy you need to talk to. So he once had a guy that... Um, uh, put off getting Medicare because he was healthy. It he felt like he didn't need the benefits. Um, so because he held off too long, Aiden had to help him kind of navigate and jump through some hurdles to get everything set up, actually had to deal with a small penalty, but Aiden got things moving for him pretty quickly. Those are just some of the issues. That's just one of the examples of some of the things that you might have to figure out, kind of navigate as you, uh, as you go through this process, that's where Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors helps you out. All right. He's been in the Medicare business for 12 or 13 years or so. He's not hes not going to sell you insurance. It's not what he does. He he works with you and multiple carriers to get things done, and he's helped hundreds just like you. So uh, if you're tired of uh, nonstop solicitation calls, if you're confused about some things, if you need a local agent, he's your guy. He's... L- He's local, knowledgeable, has a physical location. Go check him out. His office is on in Highway uh, on Highway 98 across from uh, Terry Thompson Chevrolet and Daphne. Never a fee for services. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031.
2: Very well done. All right, uh, I'm going to test my knowledge against the old coach, uh, Mr. Mark Haim. What we're going to do, instead of going through every game all at once, we'll just break it down and just give you our – uh, who th- we think will win the uh, first round games which are pretty exciting uh, if there'll be any upsets along the way uh, we'll, we'll do the south first and then later in the seven o'clock hour we'll go down to the uh, east and, and move on from there mark i'll start out and then like to hear what you have to say about first round games we'll start in the south obviously i've got alabama beating texas a and corpus christi i'm not sure that'll be a close game and when they meet on saturday have alabama matched up against maryland i think they'll beat west virginia moving down the south bracket in the first round i got san diego state beating charleston some have said they think this will be an upset charleston's 31 and 3 i'm not going in that direction virginia will handle uh Furman so they'll take on San Diego State this coming Saturday I've got Creighton over NC State I'm not sure NC State should have even been in the tournament but I got Creighton advancing to take on Baylor and then uh, the final two games I've got Missouri of the SEC beating Utah State and they'll take on Arizona because Arizona will beat the Princeton Tigers
1: actually I can't see too much fault with that I did fall into that 5-12 trap so I have Alabama winning obviously Maryland advancing but I got Charleston Beating San Diego State. That's one of my 512s right there. Virginia, Creighton, I'm on board with. Baylor, I'm not sold on Missouri. I'm going Utah State there to play Arizona, so I think we're only different on like two right there in that in that uh, in that on that side of the bracket. Now, if you guys want, there's still time. I put the link in the app at WNSP.com. You can join our bracket challenge uh, right there online. Uh, just click on it. it. takes two seconds, man. Especially if you've already filled out a, a physical a bracket, it'll take you two seconds to go through there and knock them out. And we'll we'll check the standings from time to time
2: as the tournament progresses like most prognosticators i have alabama moving to the elite 8 and beating arizona and moving to the final four
1: so i'm trying has there been has there been a year where so many of the national analysts and and talking heads have been this adamant of, or had this much of a consensus on who was going to win the tournament going in i mean barkley vital um i'm trying to think of who the other guy was that— um uh, was Lenardi one of the guys? Smith, Stephen A. Smith. They're all kind of rolling with the tide here. It just seems like it's set up for a perfect, storm. Uh, perfect storm for the op- absolute opposite to happen. Like it's so bad. many people now, Nick's not instead of there because Nick is predicting an, an early
2: exit. But Elite Eight, it's possible. I, I got him in my bracket losing to Maryland. Oh, in the uh, second game, uh, Nick Saturday. Correct. Wow that would be now that would be the story of the tournament at least at the outset if they get beat by Maryland in the second game in Birmingham no less and that's what you have and that's fine I respect your opinion uh, we'll see what happens okay um, so
1: but why though why I mean is it a matchup issue are you just being contrarian like what's
5: what's the deal do you like the way Maryland gets up and down the floor but I feel rebounds like every year i make a bracket maryland always goes a little further than i was expecting and you know my guy kevin herder used to play for maryland uh i got a friend that went to maryland oh so this is i like the color of their uniform that's what Better i was going to say to you like yeah, the but that uniforms works. you
2: got to throw logic out the window people yeah, i agree with you there sometimes you like so right. if
1: a- if alabama wasn't playing maryland here you would have gone with uh, you would have gone with Alabama in this game. Would depend who they were playing. All right, well let's take a look. At the, let's
2: take a look at the other three seeds. Do you Does have Alabama mean, uh, going to the final four? Yeah. Okay. Just want to check.
1: Um, who are some of the other three seeds? Exactly. Memphis? Gonzaga. Would, would you have Gonzaga had, is. okay. Would you have? Who would you have in an Alabama Gonzaga matchup? In Birmingham.
2: Knowing, beat knowing Alabama. That, right, knowing that they've already played once. Yeah, and beat them. Mm. He's trying to think anybody
5: knows Xavier's to a three. I don't know. Xavier's a three. Look, I'm not throwing the Nick Wiggins guarantee on Maryland beating Alabama. <laughs> but I will throw the Nick Wiggins guarantee that Alabama will not be in the final four. Okay. Because everyone believes it. Therefore, it cannot be true. The other day you had them getting beat in the Elite Eight. So now we're getting they're
2: getting beat in the second round game. So by that line of thinking, is
1: is isn't is the world indeed flat? Everybody believes it except Kyrie. So you're like Kyrie in this instance. Look, man, I'm, Look,
5: I'm not a seasoned traveler. Listen, I can't speak for it. Listen. Everybody knows that it's round. Look, so I, I, it's gotta be false. <laughs> Look, I, I know wanna, a guy. I want to give a shout out to some of the people I ran Please. into last night. I had one guy tell me that I was the voice of reason on yeah. this show. Yeah. And then I keep both of you guys in line and in check that I'm a nice, refreshing voice compared to the old man and the older man. Was that your father who said that? If it was, and I got a couple of them. So, so... So, who are you giving a
1: shout out to? It doesn't sound like you're shouting out to anybody. It sounds like you just want to come out here and toot your own horn.
5: I'm just shouting out everyone who came up to me, uh, and said really nice things. What about the ones that didn't? I didn't have anyone that said that. I had a guy buy me a beer because I pulled Kansas for him. By the way, by the way, Lee, uh, we should keep alcohol away from
1: Bronner. (laughs) What? I think I think (laughs) I think he got loaded on a. I think he smelled the barley and hops and got all all. Weird on us, I'm just saying. Not that not that you would provide him with such beverage, but I think we agree. Yeah, that uh, he can't hold his alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) He was screaming at the top of his. He was man. He was screaming. He got all like flushed with the mic and yeah,
2: man, man, literally like smelled. He smelled the beer. You uh, nicked. To, to that, you hold on to those kudos about you and the people that raved about you. I'm going to wait and see how we are at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning before I shed some light on that. Okay. All right. You know some folks that were out there? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure that the uh, rookie driver tomorrow gets out there on time and set up so we get the show going.
1: Oh, well, the bar's not real high.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if Nick... All right, but I'm glad to hear that, Nick. I'm
5: glad that you're the voice of reason. Yeah, I appreciated that. And, and I could, and you and I responded, I know, I know. Mm. So I who do you... A fa- oh, wait I wait, wait fa- a
2: Back up, hold it. So who do you have going to the Final Four, then? Out of the South.
5: Brain cramp. Brain cramp. Uh, He's trying real hard. You gotta hard. have somebody. Have bracket in front of me.
2: Okay, look it up. Take Who's your time. Who's the three
5: seed? Baylor? Who's the four seed?
2: Baylor is the three seed. The fourth seed, Virginia. Take your time. Yeah, we got all day. Yeah, I
5: may have. I, I'll, I'll have to get back to you. Yeah, thank
2: you. Voice of reason.
1: That's a very reasonable reaction from for somebody
2: that just can't quite, you know. Do you have remember. Auburn advancing past the second round? No, I have them. I have Houston winning it all. All right. So obviously they're going to knock off. Now, do you have Auburn winning their first game against Iowa?
5: Yes. See, All right, I'm about to give you my final four.
2: See, I don't. You have them losing in the first round? Yeah. Wow. That's a little tease to
1: when we preview yeah. the Midwest. Okay, I, I oh, could give okay, you here's another. my
5: final four. I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, did I really pick that? I got Maryland staying hot. They beat Alabama and they get rolling. They go to the final four. And there they lose to. <laughs> Wait. Don't, don't. No, they're going to lose to Arizona in the Elite Eight. And then my championship is Duke and Houston. All right.
1: So so Maryland gets rolling and wins a whole whopping one more
5: after they beat you did, Alabama. Did you just say
2: yeah. they they go to the Final Four and lose to Arizona in the Elite no, Eight? No, no, no.
5: They go they go to the Elite Eight. I missed uh, All right, very good. Mysteries. All right,
2: for
1: uh, Lee Shravanian and the Voice of Reason, I'm Mark. That does it for hour number one. Paul Feinbaum is next here on the Sports Station WNSP. <laughs> Alright. 7.04,
2: 7:04, our
1: number two here on this Thursday edition. Uh, thanks for joining us here on WNSP.
2: All right, let's headlines. Arizona State, Fairleigh Dickinson, move on to the field of 64. The NCAA tournament, what we consider the first round, really gets going today with 16 teams. We'll have the Alabama game on WNSP beginning at one o'clock. Tip off right around 1:45 as they take on the Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, Auburn takes the floor at Legacy Arena in Birmingham at 545 they'll take on Iowa of the Big Ten Aaron Rodgers announcing on the Pat McAfee podcast he'll he wants to play for the Jets and is hoping a trade can be worked out Baker Mayfield signs with Tampa so he'll be in the running perhaps to be their quarterback we didn't mention this and I'm not going to get too much into this one maybe later on but Jalen Carter Georgia, reportedly struggled in his pro workout you never hear about that so he's oh he had a great workout apparently he didn't And maybe we can get that to later, but we want to get to Paul Feinbaum, uh, ESPN, SEC, uh, uh, Telecaster, Broadcaster, and everything that the SEC is about. Paul, I welcome you to WNSP this morning. How are you? Good morning, lady. Good morning, Mark. Paul, I want to get your take on this. We we discussed it this morning. It's not – and I'm talking to you as a journalist now – That story that broke out of the Times, and and, in my opinion, you know, and and living in that New Jersey, New York area for many years, I've always had this, not that it mattered because the Times is a national newspaper, but I also always had this opinion that the Times came across as the high and the mighty when it came to reporting, you know, all the news that's fit to print, you know, that stuff. So Billy Witts, who I don't know, writes a story that uh, a a fourth Alabama player was involved in the – that incident, uh, January 15th, the, the tragedy, he was in the car, according to Billy Woods, he was actually in the car and you know, you, you, you know, the story. And so then Alabama, well, first, and then Sears doesn't he just says, I can't say anything. And then Alabama issues a rebuke and says, that's not accurate. And Mark and I have had a, a real time wrapping our heads around this to me. You know, you're either in the, you're in the car or you're not. And you would have felt that would have come out when the whole incident came out, because you've had investigators talk, you've had so much. How, how do you how do you wrap your head around a story like that?
6: Well, I do know Billy, uh, and I read the story last night, and uh, somebody had sent it to me, Lee, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I mean, just, I mean next thing you know, you, you think you're uh, you know you're breaking some big story here, uh, and it is the kind of thing that we should have known. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe just, you know, maybe it plays into the decision for the school not to let this information out, even though, you know, they argue that they couldn't, but the, the real interesting part of the story is that the young man who was in the car didn't, hasn't played this year. Uh, he's a, he's a, a freshman walk on. And, and I just don't know how that is relevant. Uh, it's one, you know. We already have two players who, who play, another player who had been ruled out for the season who, who's now in jail. And it, just seemed, it does seem like piling on, uh, Lee, and, and I hate to say that because I grew up, uh, as you know, uh, in the world of journalism, thinking the New York Times was, was the, the crown jewel. But, but I, I just think that it's a very deceiving story in terms of, of any relevance to the actual case. And it, it doesn't matter whether the whole team was in the car. Uh, the question is still: uh, Did Brandon Miller know uh, that he was taking a, a, a gun back to a situation? I assume he did. Did, it, did he? Did he have any knowledge that that of what the intent of Darius Miles was? It doesn't. So, so, the, so it's it's not relevant to the, the the conversation. He he played no role whatsoever, as far as I know. In, in the events that, that followed.
2: I agree with you. That and that I, I certainly agree with you. okay, Sears, who cares whether it was in the car or not? My our point was though, is the story accurate and and, and you know obviously people who don't know and re- oh oh yeah as you said use the word piling on because if Alabama denies this, but my point was here we are two months later and we don't know whether somebody else was in the car with all the information that's come out. That doesn't make any sense to me.
6: No, it really doesn't. Uh, and not to draw a direct line to the Georgia case and Jalen Carter, but it's truly amazing how little we know about these things. And, and I know some will argue. Uh, and I'll keep this short. Well, you know, you, you're not allowed to do this. Or you're not. Hey, we get all that. Okay, we're adults. Uh, but. It just it, it, the only thing, the only relevancy I think, Lee, is, it, is does this or does this not play into the decision by Alabama to keep everything low key? And, and here's why: had it come out on day two, uh, day one being the day we found out about the tragedy, but the next day that four Alabama players were involved, can you imagine uh, the story that that would have created? Uh, in relation to Nate Oates' stewardship of this program, so that, that's the only that, that's my interest in, in the situation. Um, I'm sure uh, the Times was given privy to to video uh, on the street. I, I mean, I, I just don't think the New York Times is walking into the town and, and creating something. But it, it just the story. It, 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 none of it really matters at this point.
1: I do think uh, Paul Feinbaum, our guest here on WNSP, follow him on Twitter at Feinbaum. I do think because of the, the statement made by the university following that report that just shoots it down completely, I do think it starts to – be, it better be not true, Paul, because now you, now you look at the credibility of the university uh, and whether or not they're trying to spend something. And, again, it's been a minute since I covered cops, but it just seems like that type of information would be in a police report somewhere. It seems like it would be fairly easy to attain such information. But my question now becomes uh, the credibility of the university and whether or not they've been uh, up front with us from the jump.
6: Yeah, I I think that's really the issue. And and I let me assure you, uh, and and I think Mark, you would join me in this. Universities denying stories means virtually nothing to me. Yeah, Uh, we. uh, I mean, we, we we have all become. I mean, I, I've watched it too many times. I've watched officials stand up at press conferences, whether this week or, or some other week, and, and report things that weren't true. And I, I, think, I think because there are so many people reporting, I, I mean, if, 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 I, if I work for the newspaper in uh, New Orleans, uh, even though you, let's, let me use another city, Dallas, and you work for the Mobile paper, and you print something, and I, and I need a story, what's the easiest story to get? A denial. So there is no rhyme or reason for for for, uh, anonymous denials.
2: Media, a lot of the media, the talking heads are pretty high on Alabama reaching the Final Four and winning it. Who do you have going to your Final Four and winning?
6: Uh, I agree with that. I mean, I I, I will. I I officially say I have not filled out a bracket, and there's a reason why I haven't. Uh, so I don't have to uh, answer questions like this.
2: Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Good. No, I mean uh, the kind of, uh, our,
6: our bosses. You know, I wanted everybody to fill out a bracket so we can get in a competition. And the reason I don't like to do it, uh, Lee, is you're held accountable, and and I don't want to have to be arguing with some Missouri fan uh, two weeks from now. You know why I didn't respect this team, and, and you you understand that. I think Alabama is going to win it all, and and I don't think that is a really uh, Major statement to make. However, I didn't think I would live long enough to ever say I think Alabama is going to win the national championship in basketball. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I've covered Alabama basketball more than 40 years, I've seen the highs and lows. Uh, I, that, that's a statement I never thought I would say. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 it's remarkable to think on March 16th. Alabama's basketball program is better than his football program.
2: And how about this? Did you ever live that you'd ever see Alabama and Auburn playing in Birmingham on the opening day of the NCAA basketball tournament together? No,
6: I, 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 I didn't. Um, and I, I, will, I do remember. I believe it was uh, 1987. Uh, Lee, uh, Alabama and UAB both played in, in a regional. Uh, in Birmingham, uh, but but not Alabama and Auburn. Uh, that that one that one's uh, it just shows you how different uh, the, the systems are because they usually it used to be that the regional was the regional. Uh, if you had a game in Birmingham, everybody was part of the same regional, not yeah. not different pods.
1: So you could uh, you could make the argument that this might be the best week of. The state of Alabama basketball in the history of the, like in the state, this is the best week ever, right? I mean, we're we're in some we're in some new territory here with Alabama and Auburn in Birmingham for the NCAA tournament, and one of them being the prohibited favorite to win the whole damn thing. I mean, this is this this might be the, this might go down as the greatest week in basketball history in the state.
6: Well, it's. I mean, there, there, there are a lot. There's a lot of competition for that. Uh, but I mean, I think if we st- if we have two games Saturday that are Auburn, Auburn, and one game and Alabama in Alabama, another, I think that would be an easier argument to make. I don't think you can make it yet. And, and I don't mean to be dismissive. I mean, there, was, there was a time when Alabama getting into the tournament was it was a really big deal. Yeah. But uh, Alabama playing today as a 24-point favorite, uh, it, it just seems like a big yawn, doesn't it?
2: Talking with uh, <laughs> talking with Paul Feinbaum, ESPN SEC, I find it interesting. It's not a, a debatable question, but, you know, with the, the scheduling about ready to be released, they say, I guess, in time for Destin, when you're on the beach there, Paul, with, with all the wind blowing and the sand blowing and you're doing your interviews, that they're going to announce officially then what the schedule will be when Texas and Oklahoma. And, of course, some of the stuff is coming out if they go to 3-6. I found it interesting that LSU – to open up the 2024 season, which I assume this new uh, scheduling will take place, is opening up against Southern Cal in Las Vegas. Not to mention maybe playing nine SEC schools, which could possibly and probably will include uh, Alabama.
6: Yeah, I I do find that interesting. But uh, after I talked to you the other day, uh, we did talk to the commissioner. um, And and we're, we're, we're definitely looking at at Destin. Uh, I think everything will be determined by them. But uh, ne- next year is going to be one of the most transformational years in, in, college, in college football history. Uh, there's just uh, – a- a- everything will be different. I mean, you think about LSU and USC playing to Vegas, and wow, that's a huge game. But when you, when you, when you remember that there's a 12-team playoff, it, it, it will be fun. Uh, it's a Sunday night game, but it's not going to uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately be the, the be-all, end-all. Hey, by the way, if I could go back for a second, um, you talk about, uh, I mean, I've covered Alabama basketball since uh, Wim Sanderson, but I will say this, Lee, um, the most memorable moment I think I can ever remember in Alabama basketball did not, did not, was not in Alabama. It was uh, in Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure you were doing the game, is when when Jeff Hodge hit that shot against, uh, for South Alabama, against Alabama in the first round of the NCAA tournament.
2: That's exactly right, and the coach of the Jags will be on in about an hour. He also started the Texas A&M Corpus Christi program, too. Yeah, I vaguely
6: remember, and I'd have to look at I'm Not to, I'm not to digress here, but I,
2: well, was, wasn't uh, wasn't South Alabama down big at halftime? I can't remember. They were down by about um, 19, and, the, and one of the, okay. the great stories is that Ronnie Arrow put a hole in the blackboard or something yeah, like well, that.
6: I, I happen to uh, – I'm a, I'm, I'm a very small, unimportant part of that story. Um, I happen to be walking by that locker room at halftime, and I heard it, so I stuck my – I did what any nosy reporter would do. I stuck my ear up against the, the, the door. And I heard all that, and I stayed there, and he walked out, and I thought he was going to kill me. But Ronnie? Cause he, yeah, because he knew what I was doing. Uh, but, but anyway, wow. that was the famous uh, game where uh, – and you'll remember this league. I've got a picture of it upstairs in my in my in my house. Where before the game, some caller asked me uh, if I thought South Alabama had any chance of beating uh, Alabama, and I said I will crawl to Mobile if South Alabama wins the game. And uh, you may remember I actually did. I I do
2: remember. They rolled out a carpet, <laughs> didn't they, on the highway or something like that. Well, how far did you have to crawl?
6: Well, well, truth be known, uh, however many years later this is, what thirty. Uh, Four years later, uh, we had a uh, TV crew uh, from Birmingham film me crawling uh, into the car, uh, and then I flew down, and then uh, a limousine dropped me off. It was a pretty long uh, red carpet, uh, if I remember correctly, and the president and and Ronnie and everybody was there, and I crawled all the way over to... uh, where the where the band was set up and, and the students were screaming at me. I, I didn't. By the way, I apologize for, but I just happen to remember that. I mean, I'll never forget that uh, as long as I live. And-
1: Seven twenty-six. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff on day one of the first round of the NCAA tournament.
2: Coverage on WNSP for Alabama begins at one, and then at seven o'clock tonight uh, we pick up coverage of the night games. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Dixie Building Supply, metal Roofing Headquarters in the Greater Mobile area. They are sponsoring this segment. Do want to mention, you know, as we look to ride out to Cottage Hill, the school tomorrow for our game day at which point mark they're going to name their new football coach actually the announcement will come out later today and he will be a guest with us tomorrow brand new football coach at cottage hill and i think back to previous uh, stops Uh, we were out at saint paul's recently and i see where uh, the basketball coach amanda niehoff is leaving and is going to take a similar position with uh, sarah land and as you pointed out we'll be going out to sarah land to maybe interview her again she made that might be a first
1: yeah two-time uh two-time interviewee of our championship drive at different locations how about that yeah
2: and i do want to congratulate we did say yesterday we mentioned this but again congratulations to the baker jr lebaron filen who you've seen play many many times being named the gatorade player of the year and if he gets it next year that would what four straight years that we've had a local player we had two with barry dunning and maybe with uh lebaron
5: yep
1: uh also Thank you all for coming out last night. Met a lot of you guys, um, and it was really a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, we probably don't have time to get into it now, but it was remarkable that we pull a name, and then we pull a team, and we go to, until we're done. Would you believe that Alabama was the final team pulled? It was indeed
2: the case. Was it a walk walk-on person who got it? A person who came in and wasn't registered? Actually, uh, he was registered. Howard. Uh.
1: Howard got Alabama on the very last pull. So I don't know what the odds are of not only being the last person pulled, but to have the team that everybody wanted to be left. Maybe it's one in nine point two quintillion, like we talked about earlier. Who got in Maryland? <laughs> It's cause that's Nick's
5: team, Maryland, the Terps.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
5: Uh, what have to Look, All back. I'm saying is, y'all better, y'all better pray that Alabama doesn't lose to Maryland, or I'm gonna be on a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, that next day.
1: I'm almost hoping it happens. Uh, when we come back, uh, Jim Nagy said to join us right here on the Sports Station. Stay with us. it's the opening kickoff mark and lee right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com hey a quick shout out to leah and callie they listened to the show met their dad and brother last night at our march madness matchup challenge so leah and callie thanks for listening to the opening kickoff here on wnsp
2: Well, to that, we thank Jim Nagy because he listens to the morning show, too, and he's our next guest. And we're going to take a break from NCAA basketball and maybe talk a lot about uh, football, free agent signings this week, and one that still the big story has not materialized yet. But we do know that Aaron Rodgers, on a podcast yesterday, came out and said that he thinks he'll be a Jet if the trade can be worked out. And to that, we bring in Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
6: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, let's avoid the uh, bracket talk, because yeah. I, I don't know basketball at all, so we'll stay away from that.
2: Yeah, if Michigan does <laughs> it in, if Michigan does it, You know, we actually indirectly... We're talking about the 89. I don't know if you were even around then uh, when Michigan won the title with Glenn Rice, but we were talking about that opening game with the Jags in Alabama, and then they got beat by Michigan. So I don't know if you even remember back then, do you?
6: Of course I do. That was my team. That okay. was my team. Just... I, I think I went to a couple games that year. I got got Glenn Rice's autograph and after a game, and, yeah, of course. that was, uh, I used to have a poster on my wall of Glenn Rice cutting down the net.
2: He— Steve Fisher still remains the only first-year coach ever to win a national title cuz there's a bunch of them out there this year. But uh, let's get to Aaron Rodgers. I want to get your take on this uh for the Packers, for the Jets, and for Rodgers in particular.
6: Uh it's going to get done. It's going to get done. I don't think the Packers are going to be in any hurry cuz the longer the, the Jets the Jets don't have any more options. The quarterbacks are gone. You know, Derek Carr's in New Orleans and other guys are other places. So they're, the, jet, the Jets are all in on Aaron Rodgers. So the longer, the, longer this gets drawn out, the more the Packers are going to get in the trade. So um, it'll get done, maybe not on, on Aaron's timetable, but it'll get done. I do know that um, being at the Combine, whenever that was, a couple weeks ago, last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, in, in getting together with some of my uh, friends on the Packers, they are really excited about Jordan Love. This is this is not something where they just want to move on from Aaron Rodgers and they don't really know what they have and they're saying things publicly. They're excited about Jordan Love. They are truly excited about what Jordan Love can do. He has had some he has had some game time, but um, you know just just the development he's had in the last year. They said he makes some wild throws every day in practice. They're excited to get him on the field. So. This isn't a situation where they just are tired of Aaron and and you know all the nonsense every offseason and just want to get rid of him. They they feel like they've got the guy in the building that they can move on and, and uh, you know win NFC North championships with.
1: So to that point, how does that? How does the mentality of both teams impact the what what is given up to get Rodgers? Right? Jets clearly want him. The Packers are clearly ready to move on. What are we talking about here as far as, as draft picks and, and, and trade value? I
6: don't know. I mean, Mark, I can't. I, I, you know, I know there's been talk about, you know, you know first-round pick or two first-round picks or them getting, like, the Matthew Stafford package yeah. that, that, D, that Detroit got in exchange for, you know, with the Rams, for Stafford. Um, I would expect it to get done by the end of the week. Again, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else. They were working on this thing in Indy. Um, I went out one night with with basically the whole Packers front office, and the only guy that wasn't there was the GM Brian Gutekunst, and that's because he was working on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. So and that was about at eleven o'clock at night. So they've been working hard on this thing; it'll get done. Um, you know, I don't know what's Aaron like 37, 38 years old. Now I don't expect him to get multiple ones. I mean, maybe a first round pick, maybe two twos, um, but I would expect I would expect it to get done before the weekend.
2: Jim, you kind of alluded to this. Is it because are they really that solid on love or are they happy to get rid of the quirkiness that is Aaron Rodgers? Or do they just feel his play has deteriorated because despite the two MVPs two of the last three years, last year was not that successful a season. Do they think that he's just down to that point where he's just not productive?
6: No, I don't think it's sad. I think it's the the, the former. Lee. I think uh, I think they're they're just ready to move on as a, as an organization and and you know some of what you know Aaron has brought to that building over the last few years. And and again, I think they're genuinely excited about about Jordan Love and, and what he can do. I mean, they traded up in the first round to take him a few years ago um, after him, you know, having a, a really good Senior Bowl week. Um, he's a talented guy, and he's had time to learn and develop and. Um, I think he's handled this thing incredibly well. I mean, that's what's being overlooked. I mean, there's some backups that would be making waves right now, but Jordan's just kind of sat back and kept his mouth shut, and, and he's chomping at the bit to play. And, and uh, you know, practice is practice, and it's different, you know, in games, but he did make, he did get some game time over the last year that looked significantly better than in the past. And and uh, you could, there's takeaways from practice. You know, there's, there's things you can see, and we're uh, excited to get him out there.
2: They're, the narrative in New York is that the Jets are just a quarterback away. They've been 12 years since they've made a postseason, and, and that's the longest of any NFL team. Do you buy into that? Do you think they're just a quarterback away from making it to the postseason?
6: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they can make the playoffs for sure. I mean, they were they were you know, pretty close this year. They had a great draft last year. Any time you have both the rookies of the year, uh, Sauce Gardner and, and – uh, and Wilson, Garrett Wilson, I mean, that's, they had a heck of a draft last year. It wasn't just those two. I mean, they, they knocked it out of the park. they get Brees Hall back, the running back this year. So, no, that's a, that's a pretty good roster. Uh, you know, the hard part is in the, in the AFC and the division. I mean, you've got, you've got Bill O'Brien going up to New England, so Mac's going to get coached better. Um, so, New England's probably going to be a little bit better football team. You, if Tua comes back healthy, the Dolphins have made some nice moves in free agency, and they were good last year when Tua played. Um, And then, of course, you got Buffalo with Josh Allen. So, I mean, it doesn't even guarantee him, you know, (laughs) a spot in the, you know, winning the division. But uh, it certainly moves them a lot closer. It's it's the best thing they can do at this point to move the team forward. Uh, You know, like you said, 12 years is a long time. I'm sure Woody Johnson's tired of not making the playoffs. So, um, they had to do something, but I do like the roster. I think I think that front office, Joe Douglas, the GM, they've done a nice job the last couple of years.
2: Uh, a couple of uh, moves yesterday when we've had quite a few. Baker Mayfield to Tampa. Juju Schuster goes to New England. Bengals look like at a nice pickup in that Orlando Brown at tackle. But I was going to ask you for the three or four days now where we've had constant movement. What stood out to you? Is there one, two, or three wow factors out there?
6: Uh you know, the wow factor for the Senior Bowl is that our guys signed $688 million worth of contracts on day one of free agency, something like that. Um, so it's cool seeing those guys. But, uh, no, like the Baker Mayfield thing, I mean, I, I don't. they're they bringing in to compete with Kyle Trask in, in Tampa. I do like the Orlando Brown move in Cincinnati. Um, that gives them another, another guy to protect Joe Burrow. That was kind of a big move overnight. They got him at a, at a pretty decent cost as well. I don't know if they're going to move him back to the right side or not. But, but yeah, I mean, again, all these moves are, you know, teams feel like they're getting better right now. But, uh, you know, the, the best moves to me are some of the ones where you're bringing in guys to, to familiar situations. I, I, I know the Raiders haven't had a great offseason. I mean, some people have questioned some of the stuff they've done. Uh, did they really get better at quarterback with Garoppolo over David Carr? But I do like the fact that Garoppolo has been with Josh McDaniels. I do like the fact that Jacoby Myers, the receiver they signed from the Patriots, has been with Josh McDaniels. So they've got guys that are experienced in that system and and pretty nuanced in that system, so they can kind of hit the ground running. Where I I think Vegas is in trouble is is on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they've they've got a lot of holes to fill there. But at least offensively, I think they should be better moving forward. Um, But right now, I mean, very very few off-season winners. You know, you you talk about teams that win the off-season. Very rarely does that, you know, come to fruition when we, once we get to the fall. Now, it did last year with Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia won the offseason last year, and they, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. But it uh, doesn't happen very often.
1: Jim, uh, I want to switch gears real quick. I know we're talking about the NFL, and this is kind of related, but Pro Day and Jalen Carter, the reports are not good. Uh, I know there's some circumstances there, but it's, to me it's rare that a guy does not uh, live up to expectations on, on his own Pro Day.
6: Yeah, I'll say this, Mark, like, I don't know if people followed it too closely, but Todd McShay came out, uh, Todd McShay from ESPN came out probably like in December, I want to say maybe January, and talked about how Jalen Carter had some some character concerns. And he got, and McShay got absolutely blowtorched on social media about it. Well, that stuff, like, Todd McShay doesn't make that stuff up. You know, like he's got no ax to grind with Jalen Carter. Like if he's not hearing that from guys with inside the NFL, then he wouldn't report it. So, um, again, I hear all that stuff. I don't report that stuff. I got to, I need to stay in the good graces of the aging community so I can never, you know, come out and really speak negatively about any player these days. You know, I mean, that's why if you, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, 99.9% positive when it comes to all these players, um, but the stuff with Jalen Carter has been there way before the accident, you know, the car accident, the speeding incident, uh, which, which ended so tragically for, for a member of that football team and a member of that football operation. But, but this stuff has been here. This isn't news to the NFL. So the fact that he showed up heavy, you know, chose not to do any position drills, not, or not, to, not to do any of the testing, not to do any 40 and just do position drills, like that. Uh, trust me, that did not come to a surprise. To the NFL scouts of the rail. We actually had one of our scouts at the Pro Day yesterday, and um, it didn't surprise anybody uh, what happened yesterday in Athens with, with Jalen
1: Carter. Hey, man, thanks so much for joining us here. We really do appreciate it, and uh, uh, we look forward to talking again soon. Enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend.
2: All right, guys, have a great weekend. Yep. Mark, earlier this week, we went out to Bachelor Service to do our a post-selection Sunday show. Uh, We talked, uh, obviously, about college basketball and and what's going on there. And we found out that, uh, as always, Bachelor Service is serving the needs of Mobile and Baldwin County homeowners for more than 50 years by offering that terrific, ongoing $79 per system tune-up special. By the way, uh, Bachelor Service is our team of the day, as it has been Thursdays, and will continue to be so. They offer plumbing services, we talked about, that with rick true uh he did he did specify they still have in-house generators in stock so if you're looking for a generator that's the place to go and they offer the energy savings maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning and generators and it's really a good time now i mean i mean obviously i don't know about you but i'm you know i had my my uh, room on air conditioning and last night i said this is i was at 63 degrees so i switched back to heating i'm sure when i go home today i'll probably have to switch back again these crazy temperatures and everything uh but anyway about your service offers a, a Daikin Comfort Pro offering the Daikin line of air conditioning equipment with the most state of the art technology available in the industry. Rick True can be reached at Bachelor Service at 476-4321 or you can visit them at bachelorservice.com. We appreciate them being our team of the day.
1: All right, it's uh 7:45. We come back with we'll, uh, uh come back and talk to you guys at 694-1055 we'll catch up with uh, david mccrary over at LG motorcars as well ronnie arrow set to join us at eight o'clock he knows a little something about texas a&m corpus christi even if we don't he does we, it's the first day of the first round of the ncaa tournament and we're all in right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com
4: Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile.
0: The opening kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the Cars of the Week with David McCrary at LCM Motorcars in Theodore.
1: David McCrary of LCM Motorcars, LCMMotorcars.com, joins us here on WNSP, and I can't think of a better place to take all my winnings from my NCAA tournament bracket, David.
6: I didn't know you were a gambler. Hey, we got 12 <laughs> new vehicles in yesterday. Um, everything from box trucks to Malibus to BMW. I mean, we got a ton of inventory yet. In.
1: All right. A lot of variety there. Uh, how can people come check it out?
6: Uh, everything's on the website we don't have pictures of everything yet but we will hopefully by the end of the day um come to lc motorcars in theodore we're at highway 9 in plantation that's exit 15a one mile south of itn go to the website com or give us a call 251-375-0068 all right
1: what is the mo- the largest number of automobiles that you've gotten in a single day does that is 12 a record
6: I'd say probably, yeah. Yeah, we had a really good day Tuesday, and um, 12 is probably a record. All
1: right, so if for some reason people don't see what they want in the lot, and with 12 cars coming in, I find that very hard to believe, uh, you can go out and find exactly what they're looking for.
6: Absolutely. Just tell them to come see me, give me a call, go on the website, put in a request. You can text me from the website. Um, It's in your your pocket. All you got to do is give us a call.
1: Hey, man, thank you so much. Uh, congrats on the on the record-breaking day, man. I'm sure uh, there's a ton of options out there on the lot. We'll be in touch. Have a great weekend. You too, bud. Twelve different automobiles now on the lot. New. They just a I mean, record that's great that's how about
2: good. how about a record lee absolutely let's talk records no you got your bracket ready for the uh, i want to go to the east now all, all right, right let's get your bracket east. nick get your uh bracket for the east i'm sure you'll have a pretty good pick there i've got purdue uh winning over texas southern that goes without saying it's tough for a one to be to uh, to lose to a 16 now in the 8-9 game you got Florida Atlantic, which has really shocked a lot of people because they were 31-3. and 3. They used to be in the Sun Belt. They're taking on Memphis. I'm going with Memphis on this one. So I've got them playing Purdue in the second-round game. Now, some are picking Oral Roberts to beat Duke. And they're saying it because, number one, they got this big guy that they've been there a couple years ago. They made it to the Sweet 16. I'm not buying into it because Duke's one of the hottest teams going these days. I've got Duke beating Oral Roberts. I've got uh, another upset I'm not buying into is uh, Louisiana beating Tennessee. I'm going to stay with Tennessee. The game I had the most problems with, Kentucky and Providence. I think this could be one of the better games On the slate this weekend, Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky over Providence. Kansas State is my team, Mark. I really like them. They're playing Montana. I'm going with Kansas State. And then you got uh, Michigan State, which has really flown under the radar, and Southern Cal – I'm going to – it's tough to pick against the nozo team, but I'm going with Southern Cal and then Marquette. That's another team that many of the prognosticators feel might make it to the Sweet 16. They're taking on Vermont. I've got Marquette winning. I've got Duke, though, making it to the Final Four after beating Kansas State in the Elite Eight. Wow. All
1: right. So we're in the same ballpark. It's not as similar as uh, the South region we were talking about, but I have Marquette coming out of that bracket. I got them beating Duke to get to the Final Four. Um I had Michigan State over USC. Other than that, I think we're pretty much aligned on most of that. There, I'm not buying Louisiana over Tennessee. I think Tennessee plays well, but then runs into Duke. So you and I are pretty similar there. Anything jump out at you
5: in that? Yeah, let's r- hear the voice of reason. The voice of reason. Let's see here. <laughs> I got Memphis beating Purdue. That is very reasonable. Very reasonable. I got. You are living Michigan up to your State reputation. Beating Marquette. Who? I'm sorry. Who? Who do you have? Michigan State, Michigan State over all right. Marquette. All right. Ooh, okay. All right. uh, then I got Michigan State beating Kentucky. And then it's going to be Duke versus Michigan State. And then Duke makes it to the final four out of that. Wow.
2: So you have, both have Duke. I have Duke, yeah. But I, I did a different route than he did. But
5: you love you some Michigan
2: State. This is a very unusual year. They've really flown under the radar. And, Mark, I wonder if because of the tragedy on campus and all that went down. And I to be honest with you, I didn't even know if they were going to make it to the NCAA tournament this year. They have not had a typical Michigan State season. But, nevertheless... Tom is Izzo teams, you can never count them out, and obviously Nick doesn't.
1: Uh, well, apparently, it's, he said, for the voice of reason in the app, the last number one overall seed, last won the tournament in 2013, the last national champ to win it all without any prior Final Four appearances, 1997. Trends are on your side, Nick.
5: Thank you. There
2: you go. It's been a long time since the Big Ten has won a national title. Is that what you were referring to, Mark, the last time they won?
1: I think it also has to do with Alabama, too. The last number one overall seed to last win the
2: title was, uh, man, it was 10 years ago. I was interested. Yesterday, while well, I was going back and forth with the NCAA tournament games, I've been watching a lot of the SEC network. They've had these features on SEC basketball. And it, yesterday, the segment I watched was on Billy Donovan when he took over at Florida. And I forgot who it was, but... Oh, uh, Dooley, uh, you know him, the, the reporter. Pat Dooley. Well, Pat Dooley told him, you'll, you'll never, this is a football school, so don't don't get too excited. And he, he said ever since then he had a chip on his shoulder. And as you know the story, they went out and won back-to-back national titles, and no school has done that since. Uh, let's take a phone call
1: at 694-1055. Hey, caller, welcome to the opening kickoff here on WNSP.
6: Good morning. Hey, Mark, just wanted to give a shout-out. Y'all did a really good job last night. Uh, wasn't pleased with my results, but no, that was an enjoyable experience and good to see some of the guys. Uh, actually, sat with a couple of guys, uh, Chuck from Chickasaw and Shannon, Give them a shout-out this morning. Good to meet them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm relegated now to pulling for a two of toothpaste. So anyway, so who, you guys but have Chuck, a great who? Day. Chuck and who uh,
1: pulled that? Who well, pulled that for you? Was it Nick or was it Bronner? No, no, it was
6: Labonte. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That's tough.
2: Who did he get? I didn't. I missed. Yeah. Who did Chuck get? He got the he got the I two. Got t- two of toothpaste, Lee. You know who Colgate. that is? Colgate. Yeah. Colgate. Yeah. Do you know that? Some, yeah, Colgate. Do you know some of the people are thinking they're going to give a good game? to Texas? I, I'm not buying into yeah, it. Yeah, none of those
1: people are here right now, Chuck, but really? there, there are people out there, I'm sure. <laughs> really?
2: Hey, by the way, Chuck, well, better, hey. better to have yeah. them yeah. than to actually live up in that area. That's one of the coldest areas oh. in the United States.
6: Yeah, no, I, and, and listen, you, you talk about a contrast in styles. I don't know if you mentioned it this morning or not, so Barley Dickinson wins last night. That is the shortest team in the tournament this year.
2: Colgate? And or,
6: going or up a, no, 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 no. Farley Dickinson, Farley Dickinson. And they're going to go up against Zach Edney. How, how's, how's a 6-1 guy going to front him? So I, I look for Purdue to just walk them. So uh, anyway, uh, that's a one-sixteen. Anyway, that's a no-brainer. But uh, uh, keep an eye on the uh, – I think it's going to be a good game, the 13-4. Uh, Kent State in Indiana.
2: I've heard that Uh, from other people. I've heard that from other people, but I'm still sticking with the Hoosiers.
6: Okay, well, let me me just throw this out there and I'm gone. Uh, They played Gonzaga. They played uh, Houston. And they played College of Charleston, who won 31. All of them on the road this year. And with two minutes or less left in each game, Kent State was winning every one of those contests. Wow. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think they'll be intimidated. Now Indy, she got a good team. I'm just one to keep an eye on. One to keep an eye on. Thank you, All Chuck. All right, guys, yep. enjoy.
1: It. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Good seeing you last night. We appreciate it. We we blame Corey. Now, to be fair, I didn't start off real hot with some of my with. Uh, in fact, I was I was the punchline for most of the night. But I rallied. I rallied late. And I felt like I took one for the team because if I'm pulling bad teams for for our for our listeners, that means our other guys were able to pull some better teams. But I rallied late. I rallied late. We got another call? no okay uh but yeah it was it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. a lot of people showed up. Um, Nick, congratulations. you did a nice job there was a there was a minute or so there where we thought maybe a a team were or a contestant might have gotten lot le- left out, but it I, all worked I out. I
5: emptied that box and made sure that there was exactly 64 names in there three yeah. times. And so when we started pulling out those blanks, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. How did this happen? There were two blank pieces of paper in the contestants. I don't know how they got in
1: there. Uh, so, so, like, all your, sorts of craziness ticket. was going through our minds. Like, were they extra? Did we forget to write name? Like, did did Nick like forget to write names? Or we're we gonna have like two people wanting to know? Hey, man, I hadn't been called, and right. and we got down about four or five teams left, and so now I'm kind of peeking in both to make sure there are the equal amount of pieces of paper in each, because it would have been really embarrassing. And then we started wondering, we were praying because Alabama was literally the last team pulled. Don't ask me how it happened, no idea, but there was this like. The small percentage of a chance that either it was blank, or it was a different team, and maybe we didn't have Alabama in it at all, right. but uh, everything worked out, and Bronner got drunk on 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 smelling beer. It looked like it's, it's pretty fair to say he was
5: he had a little something. There's something going on. And there was only
1: he only had like a quarter of a beer, right? Like it was a quarter. There.
5: I don't know if maybe he just was like really excited to be there. Maybe that's don't what it was. Let's just do that. Let's just say that. Bro was really happy to yeah. see y'all out
1: there. Uh Steven Root was out there as well. It was a lot of fun. All right, hour number three on the way we'll reset. You guys can jump in. 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff. number three welcome in the opening kickoff on this thursday again want to thank everybody who came out and joined us for the wnsp march madness matchup challenge yesterday at moe's downtown it was a lot of fun got to saw got to saw got to saw uh, got to see a whole bunch of folks really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun so uh, thank you and good luck in our matchup challenge
2: all right today alabama and texas a&m Corpus Christi, the Islanders. And that game uh, will get underway right around 145 in Legacy uh, Arena up there in Birmingham. Our coverage on WNSP begins at 1. So I thought, well, who might be a good guest to talk about this? Well, of course, a basketball coach who has beaten Alabama in the NCAAs. And how about one that at the same time started the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders back when and actually took them to an NCAA, and that would be our good friend Ronnie Arrow. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Good, Lee. Good being with y'all. We've, Fun time of the year. It is. Uh, I want to confirm or uh, deny from you, we had Paul Feinbaum on earlier, okay? And you you remember Paul. Uh, back when and and he he brought up this and i did not know this that during that so-called locker room incident at halftime when you were trailing alabama by i don't know 18 or 19 points obviously i wouldn't know about it because i'm out in the arena he said he was walking by and then heard that crashing noise whatever that could have been and that you opened the door or something and told him to get out of there or something like that was there such a confrontation
4: Yeah, you know, I I don't remember that. All I remember was Uh wanting to get back to the court to uh, uh, get closer uh, to the game to justify us being in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we were able to do that. But um, I do remember seeing him when we came out, but I was a little upset with him anyway because he had said if we beat them, he would crawl uh, to uh, uh, Mobile. And uh, he didn't crawl all the way from Tuscaloosa, but uh, they did set up a red carpet for him to crawl about probably about eight feet.
2: Were you there when he crawled?
4: Yeah. You know, they had a big thing to do at the quad on campus there. And, uh, I mean, it was packed. There were people uh, there to see him. They knew he was coming. Uh, He is a— a talented figure in this, uh, area. So it, it, it was, uh, it was a big thing. Uh, I mean, all the student body was there and, uh, counselors and teachers and administrators. It, it was a big deal.
2: Ronnie, uh, let's go back in history. You started the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islander program. Maybe if you want to reminisce it about that and bring us up to date, what, 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 what can we look for today? Is this a team that's as, tal- as talented that could go out and make a game today, or is this going to be a blowout?
4: Well, the, the problem is is that three minutes into their conference final game against Midwestern State, their leading uh, or their point guard went down. I mean, he was Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, he was first team all conference. Talking about uh, Lyra and Murtix. Uh, and six-one point guard, very good player, senior, and he tore his ACL uh, three minutes into the game. So they had to go with him. The Jackson kid uh, came in for him and has done a really good job for him. But still, when you use, lose a senior uh, that is your main guy that can score, uh, you – you lose something that you really, really can't make up. I mean, he was averaging right at 14 points a game, and the Jackson kid that uh, now has taken over for him averages seven points a game, almost eight points a game. So I will say this now. uh, The Islanders, uh, no matter what happens today, they are averaging uh, 37% from the threes. They can shoot the ball. averaging 80 points a game. Uh, 37 rebounds a game shooting 46% from the floor, 79% from the free throw line. So, uh, Whether or not they've been able to go against the length that they're going to be going against with Alabama, that's going to have to be something to be seen.
2: If you were coaching them today, what would your strategy be against Alabama?
4: Well, we can't get into a running match with them. Uh, I would try because Alabama all year long has been up and down with their three-point shooting. Uh, I would probably start out in a zone and uh, see if they're going to be able to do that. Now, in saying that, when we beat Alabama, we started out the game because I thought the same thing, that we could get them running. That would be to our advantage. And uh, we came out with a half-court trap. Uh, That was on me. Uh, I think we were down 18 or 19 at halftime. But we came back, and we ran it again, and I told the guys at halftime, they cannot shoot as well as they did the second half. They're going to be tired. We got them running good. Now we got to come back and kick them. Uh, one of the things when I came out and he said uh, Paul was outside, I was probably trying to nurse my hand. Uh, that doggone backboard didn't give when I hit it. I thought it was just break. But anyway, it wound up being good, and I will say this university of alabama when we beat them they had a lot of traders at the end because the start of that game because i've looked at the tape the crowd was about three quarters maybe more than that for alabama standing up as we started getting closer a few and fewer were standing up and when jeff hit that shot alabama had a lot of traders because uh probably just about the whole stadium stood up and uh, was applauding for South Alabama. All
1: right, well, Ronnie, first of all, I'm disappointed in you because I don't care whether your hand's hurt or not. You got a pencil-neck-like fine bomb poking his head in the locker room. You take care of business. You got another <laughs> hand. He'd fall just as easily if you slugged him with a left.
4: <laughs> nah. no. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tell that to the
1: blackboard, tough guy.
4: <laughs> well, you know, you always have memories when you coach. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win three national championships at San Jacinto Junior College, and people ask me all the time what was the biggest win. In that setting, or the, uh, in the national tournament, that Wimp would never play us in that setting. That, by far, was the greatest uh, win in my career uh, with all of that And I will say this, too. People don't understand. The publicity that Texas A&M Corpus Christi has gotten and is going to get, uh, you can't measure in money. I mean, now, when we beat Alabama, supposedly, for what I heard over and over again, it was the largest increase in enrollment at south alabama in the history of the school so the notoriety that you get not only is for your basketball program but for the english teachers and the math teachers it helps get kids to the school uh, so that they can add more teachers and uh, more administrators Uh, it's just a win-win for everybody
2: have you talked to the islander coach recently
4: I did. I talked to Steve. Actually, he came through. They beat Midwestern in Lake Charles last week. They got in a car with him and Coach Davis, his assistant, drove all the way that night uh, to Mobile. And uh, I had talked to him and I met them for uh, breakfast downtown. And they were on their way to see a, a tournament in Florida, junior college tournament. So I did get to talk to them. And you know, uh, he's done a great job. I mean, he's he's from Purdue. The last job he had was assistant coach at Purdue. So Steve has been around. He's a very good coach, and uh, he's got some good players in there. He's been there two years. Uh, he was coach of the year two years. They won the conference two years. So uh, you know, it's it's one of those deals that you get an opportunity. He actually had to take a pay cut. He said uh, when he went to uh, Corpus. But uh, it's a stepping stone for him. I'm sure he won't be there forever, and uh, especially with the teams that he's putting together. But it's a plus for Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. If you've never been to Corpus, there's only two colleges in the country that's on an island by itself, and that's University of Hawaii and Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They're in South Texas right on the ocean.
2: You you took uh, them to uh, NCAA. I believe it was Wisconsin, right? Didn't you take them right down to the wire, like the last couple of minutes in the NCAA first round?
4: Lee, we had them twenty six to nine to start the game, and we had a three point shooter that was I think fourth in the nation and made uh, threes. I think he averaged making four threes a game. He came across that lane, and one of their inside guys laid him out. Um, I just gave him an elbow and he got up unfortunately that game he didn't make any uh, threes but yeah we were right there. I think they wound up beating us 8 or 9 and uh, you know the thing was now they were going to get to play the running Rebels and we had already been in the running Rebels tournament and we played them in the final game and we had a shot at the end to beat them and uh, we missed it And they were saying that if we would have beat Wisconsin, it would have been interesting to see if we could have beaten uh, the running Rebels.
2: So do you think they can make a game of it today? Seriously?
4: You know, know, Lee, uh, they're going to have to shoot the ball well. They cannot get into a running match. Now their leading uh, rebounder is averaging eight rebounds a game. Uh, I think it's pronounced Mishila. He's averaging nine rebounds a game, 14 points a game, but he's only six six. But they, they will, but they're going to have to box out. They're going to have to keep those guys um, off the boards. But the biggest thing for them to win the game, they're going to have to get out and guard the three-point shot and then rebound. Uh, if Alabama comes out making threes, uh, that's not good for the Islanders.
1: Ronnie, good to talk to you, sir. Uh, enjoy the game, and, and we appreciate you reminiscing a little bit. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk again soon.
4: Always fun being with y'all. Thanks.
1: Thanks. That's uh, Ronnie Arrow. I think I might pull one of those. Uh, I don't want to steal his thunder over there, but I might have to steal one of Triple G's guarantees here. There's, there's no way this team beats Alabama, right? The Islanders. Yeah,
0: he
2: didn't pick that.
1: I know, but you're asking if it's going to keep it close. It's like a twenty two point like spread. like there's no way this is close at the end of the game,
2: Alabama, I'll say this I was going from this standpoint. Could they make it competitive, maybe through maybe the twenty five minute mark? What Alabama did in the second half in all of those SEC tournament games is amazing. They even though they shot lousy in one or two games, Mark, they had great second halves. They just pulled it together in the second half. No, I don't expect this to be a close game either. I really don't, unless something unforeseen happens. Now Alabama's gonna maybe miss a, a few threes. They're not gonna miss them all. And as Ronnie said, re- leading rebounder six six. My gosh, Beniaco's what seven feet. Uh, Miller's six nine. Uh, clowning, at, let's see, about six eight six nine. No, I I don't think it'll be a close game. I was just curious if he had any strategy, and he mentioned a few things, but I don't know if it'll work. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, Alabama's length, man, is just going to be— That's the problem. It's it's just
2: going to be—this is—I
5: I, I mean, it, I appreciate the optimism, I guess. I, I don't think you can put a Nick Wiggins guarantee on something that's really likely to happen. Hmm. Is that
1: what it is? It's yeah. got to be a guarantee of something that isn't likely going to happen. You got to go a little bit against the grain with a Nick Wiggins. So guarantee. if I were to guarantee that the game would be competitive, I guarantee this will come down to the final 2 minutes. That would be kind of a Nick Wiggins Doubt, guarantee.
2: Yeah. Correct. Normally in games like this, I say normally I the teams that are the, the big favorite get off slow, and, and, and it's it's a competitive game through the first half. But I, I see in the second half Alabama pulling away. Now, the Auburn-Iowa game, I see going down to the final couple of minutes.
1: I can see that one going either way. In yeah. fact, I struggled with that one I, when I, I was picking two. my bracket. It would not surprise me at all if Bruce Pearl's team goes out there and wins by double digits. It would not surprise me if they lose. By- uh, yeah. It would not surprise me at all.
2: Well, here's the problem. Iowa is a very high-scoring team, very good offensive team. Auburn is not. Auburn's forte is defense. So you got that. Offense, defense. Of course, that could all change once the game gets underway. And who knows? Maybe the home crowd spurs Auburn on and they go on to beat Iowa. But uh, we can talk about that a little bit later when we get into our brackets.
1: All right. uh, Scoreboard traffic and weather are next. Oh, and you might have a little Chick-fil-A for folks.
2: we definitely do. All
1: right. How about that? Uh, Jake Crane scheduled at 832, so stay with us. Plenty left here on a Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station. WNSP.
6: Hi, this is Juan, Pierre, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and
0: you're listening to W. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, Lee Shurvanian,
2: here we go. Here we go. Z. Auburn taking in Iowa. On their schedule, uh, Auburn would have faced uh, 17 teams in the NCAA tournament. That is fourth most among any team. Name the school in the NCAA tournament that has faced the most schools that are in this tournament. The most schools that have gone head-to-head with teams in this tournament. If you know the answer, uh, 694-1055. You want to do some uh, brackets now? Yeah, Jed, your- I really do. Thank you, thank you. Let's go to the uh, West. I'll let you go first. Uh,
1: I got uh, I got UConn coming out of that bracket and losing to or in beating Gonzaga in the uh, Elite Eight. I got Kansas winning two games and losing to UConn. So I got Kansas and Arkansas winning. I got VCU as my five twelve. I picked two five twelves every year. I got VCU going that way. Um, and I got TCU winning Gonzaga over Grand Canyon. I thought this was one of the easier ones. I like Northwestern, but I, I I have them losing to UCLA in the second round. So uh, you're looking at me either because I'm completely different
2: than you or identical to you. Plagiarism. Is that what Were it is? Peaking? Were you peaking? Were you peeking? Yeah, because what I really want to do is yeah. copy your bracket. All right. I have Connecticut going to the Final Four. I have them beating Gonzaga. How in about the that? Eight. I can't believe that. You and I together. How about that? All right, I have Kansas obviously winning their first game, and then Arkansas, and then Kansas beats Arkansas. I, do, I didn't pick many of the so-called upsets, but I did pick VCU to beat St. Mary's, and then they would face uh, UConn, and UConn would advance. I did pick TCU to beat Arizona State and Gonzaga. Here's the one difference, though. I do have UCLA winning their first game. For whatever reason, and don't ask me why, I picked Boise State over Northwestern, but they're not going to go further than that. They'll, they'll lose to UCLA, so I got Connecticut, too.
5: All right. What about you, Nick? What you got in the old uh, West? I got Gonzaga coming out of it. I, too, have VCU beating St. Mary's, so now I'm thinking that's not going to happen. What? I Come got on. Kansas uh, going all the way to the Elite Eight. I got them beating UConn and then okay. going to lose to Gonzaga. I, too, have Boise State beating <laughs> Northwestern and then uh, losing to UCLA. So, but you don't feel bad about that one. You know, now I'm starting to. Uh, but, no, well, I, I have the one, two, three, and four seed out of that um region going about as far as I can. Do we get a winner on the uh, Chick-fil-A? Uh, no, not yet. A couple wrong guesses, not a right one. All though. right.
1: <laughs> All right, coming up at uh 8.30, Jake Crane. So stay with us. Plenty left here on the opening kickoff right here on the sports station.
6: what i've seen sent his way i think you'd understand why that's the case and i don't want to get into all that it's it's a the entire situation as you know is i mean it's just a heartbreaking
1: situation on all accounts but
6: it, some of the uh
1: 833 that's the voice of alabama coach basketball coach nate oates
2: um a lot going on. There's there's a lot to unpack there, Lee. He was uh, asked why an armed guard is tailing and or surrounding uh, Brandon Miller wherever he goes in the tournament, and that was his response because of social messaging and so forth, and he felt uh, that uh, he needed an armed guard. I'm not very up on players needing armed guards in the NCAA tournament in previous. Maybe there has been, and uh, I'm just not aware of it. Jake Crane doesn't need an arm guard wherever he goes. Or does he? Maybe. In the future, he might. You know, he's so controversial and everything. He really is. Yeah, especially if he came into this studio. Jake, welcome to the show. How's Mr. Podcast doing? Uh, it's
7: uh, going great, man. Yeah, I work for the Daily Wire, so uh, unfortunately, we uh, sometimes do need arm guards.
2: <laughs> There's certainly nothing uh, that you say on this show would ever get you into hot water, right? No,
7: no, no, I mean, not on this. And again, like we don't, you know, it's, it's, I'll tell you what I think about certain situations, but we don't go out of our way to, you know, reach for political stuff. Now, you know, you'll hear what I think about men and women's sports and things like that. But, you know, I'm not out here talking about some of the stuff some other uh, people that work at the Daily Wire are talking about. So we keep, we keep it pretty much sports-based. And if it touches, you know, some people think NIL is political. So there's obviously branches where it does connect. And we'll talk about when it does, but we're not going out of our way to, to go find something to piss
2: half the people off. Hey, uh, speaking of NIL, uh, the, the House, the Legislative House and Energy and Commerce Department says they're going to look into this. Do you really think this is something's going to happen or it's just a waste of time? Well, if it
7: keeps going the way they're doing things, it's just going to get worse. The whole problem with this whole situation is the way you rolled it out. Like, once you let Pandora out of the box, you can't put it back in because now some of the antitrust lawsuits that could be sent your way, I mean, we've had people in in that department, we've had people that, that have legislative power on the show. That have looked at us, including Tommy Tuberville, and said, it is almost impossible for us to do anything federally now that the cat's out of the bag. They did the same thing with the transfer portal. And, but the transfer portal, there are ways to get around it because you know, it, it really doesn't involve money. Now, there is NIL in the transfer portal, which makes it free agency. That's a different animal. But on its face, they are two different things. But whenever you're building something, building a parachute on the way down, don't be shocked when you go splat.
1: Jay Cranes, our guest here on WNSP. You heard Nate Oates on the way in, man. A lot of talk about uh, the armed guard uh, with Brandon Miller and um, the latest report by the New York Times about an additional Alabama player that was on the scene, although Alabama has refuted that claim. How much of that do you think ultimately uh, bothers, affects, impacts the way this team plays on the floor coming up? Well, you know, I I
7: always say I kind of you know, r- related or compare it to. And, and first off, it's a horrible situation all around. We, and this is a very, very, you know, this is an anomaly and I don't have the information that NATO has. Who knows the messages that have been sent to Brandon Miller. Now, you know, whether you think he was culpable or not, that's up to you. Uh, but when I look at this, at this whole situation and how it affects you on the court, It's just like bulletin board material. Once the game starts going, you don't think about all that stuff. What it affects is the preparation, you getting prepared, because bulletin board material, there's a reason it's on the bulletin board. So you can see it when you're not playing. It makes you want to focus more. It makes you want to execute more. So I think it affects preparation. Distractions do the same thing. Do they distract you from being focused in prep? But once the ball tips off, just like in football, once the ball snaps, you're just out there balling because everything's moving so fast. You don't have time to think about the political angle of what's happening to your team.
2: Give us your final four.
7: And My final four is Duke, Arizona. Uh, I've got Texas right here. i got Texas uh, losing to Arizona and the Daddy. I think Arizona beats them on uh, the Elite Eight. Um, my, here's my thing when it comes down to this NCAA tournament, I've filled out a lot of buckets before, but this year has been the hardest one for me to fill out because there's so much parity. I mean, nothing would surprise me in this tournament at all.
2: All right. Oh, go go. Uh, I had a, uh, I, I didn't hear everything you said. So you have Arizona getting in. You got Duke. I've got, yep. I've got Arizona, I've got Duke, I've got Texas, Uh, I've actually
7: got UConn going to the Elite Eight, but I have Arizona beating Texas in the national championship
2: game. Okay, very good. So I wanted to get to this NFL stuff with Aaron Rodgers, and and what do you make of it? uh, (laughs) I I, I hear that laugh, so I know something's coming up good. So what do you make of Aaron Rodgers, and is he worth the uh, effort by the Jets to get him?
7: I think he's worth worth the effort by the Jets to get him. I think he's going to end up going to the Jets, and I think it makes him an instant Super Bowl contender, and not for the reason you think. Look, the Jets don't have a ton of weapons. You know, he want, Aaron Rodgers wants them to sign Lazard and Randall Cobb. Garrett Wilson's a nice piece. Elijah Moore, when his head's on straight, is a nice piece. Brees Hall, who got hurt at running back, is a nice piece. He'll be back. The offensive line, somewhat of a question mark, but it's the defense. Now Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to go out there and score 30 points to win in a game. He can go out there and score 20 points because the Jets have a top five defense in the NFL right now. I mean, you look at Sauce, you look at Quinn and Williams, you look at the guys across that front seven and in that back end. I think that's what makes them the most dangerous. You have an MVP, elite quarterback that can find ways to score enough points to where your defense can win the game. So I think the Jets are also looking across the street at the New York Giants who now have, you know, Devin Waller, Daniel Jones signed. They're going to keep Saquon. There's a lot of Positivity with, uh, positivity with Brian Dable so for the first time in my life if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets the Jets and the Giants will be good and I don't even know how to handle
2: that what other moves this week do you feel now you you, you mentioned that you think the Jets will become a Super Bowl contender they haven't even been the postseason in 12 straight years to make even the first round yep. of the playoffs what other moves this week do you think could possibly impact a team that makes them better
7: Well, you know, if you look at the Eagles, the biggest question mark was who's going to retire up front. Well, Jason Kelsey's coming back. Lane Johnson's coming back. They just re-signed Fletcher Cox, so I think the Eagles right now uh, have got continuity for Jalen Hurts, and they're going to be solid once again up front, which is a quarterback's best friend. So I think that's huge when when you look at, at you know the division they're in and, and kind of what they're going to have to go up against to be able to try and get back in that Super Bowl and win it. Uh, and you know you, you look around the rest of the league, Jalen Ramsey to the Cowboys. You pair him with uh, Diggs, and and that is a very very dangerous secondary. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey, when he's surrounded by talent, he's going to look like the old Jalen Ramsey. I still don't trust Dak Prescott, though, when it comes down to the Cowboys. And then you look at Miami signing Mike White at quarterback, which lets you know you have to have a capable backup at all times but especially when Tua Tagovailoa is your quarterback. I think Mike White is an underrated player. I thought he was pretty good for the Jets. Again, who don't have a ton of weapons outside. So the moves have been very interesting to me. Which teams have have gotten, you know, way better? I think the Raiders have gotten worse. I think the Saints getting Jamal Williams to go with Derek Carr and the Alvin Kamara situation makes them better. He's got a nose for the end zone. He is explosive. So there are a couple teams, I think, that have improved their stock.
2: I was also... uh... You already hit one point. I was asking you about the Saints and how Derek Carr. Ezekiel Elliott being released by the Cowboys. Does anybody pick him up?
7: Somebody's going to pick him up. Now, is that the Texans? I mean, is, is that a, a, a bottom feeder team? I don't know, but I think it was a smart move by the Cowboys. I mean, let's be honest. Ezekiel Elliott's the second best back they have. Tony Pollard's the best back they have. And Zeke has kind of lost not his physicality, not his in-the-box ability or vision, but it seems like his explosiveness. You know, Zeke, Zeke I, I watched Zeke outrun Alabama. You know, I I watch Zeke hit home runs, even in the NFL, but he's not really doing that anymore. His long runs are 15 yards, 18 yards, and you can't make the excuse that the offensive line isn't good. The Cowboys, you know, continually have one of the best offensive lines in the league year in and year out. So they cleared about $11
1: million. I think somebody will pick Zeke up. He's got a couple more good years left in him. Always good, Jake, to catch up with you. I know I'm following you at Jake (laughs) Crane underscore, but there's plenty of other ways to get you too at Crane Company at Real Daily Wire and, of course, dailywire.com. Enjoy the tournament, sir. We'll do it again soon. You guys as well, man. Enjoy the madness. Yep, that's Jake Crane, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We are open the rest of the way, 694-1055, if you want to jump in on the conversation. Again, want to thank all you guys that came out yesterday. And hung out with us over there at Mo's downtown for our WNSP March Madness matchup challenge. We could not have scripted it any different, or any better, I should say. We could have scripted it a lot different, but the I I don't I still don't know the odds of Alabama being the final team drawn in our in our in our oh. contest. It was
5: it was anarchy. One out
1: of 64. Yeah, but when you how do you factor that in when you're also everybody is it's the one team that everybody once picked?
5: Does that go think into that your odds the odds, huh? I don't think that would alter the odds. you don't think? <laughs> no <laughs> maybe
1: so. boy, you are the voice of reason all of a sudden when i when I start offering up explanations like that, I guess it's pretty easy. No, but it was cool. We 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 saw we we uh, met a lot of folks. It was a lot of somebody had to
2: be last. Right? (laughs) Somebody had to get picked last.
1: And I think because we took turns picking names and picking teams, and I think we all wanted to be the the one that picked Alabama to be somebody's hero. Um and of course it was me. Corey had the best shot though, because he was second to last. There was only two left. Right. So you know what it was? Alabama I didn't pick Alabama. Alabama picked me.
5: Mm, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, people. They picked me, all right. All right. Let's take our break. We'll come back and uh, we'll wrap up another edition of the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
6: This is George Parra, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNSP.
1: a final segment of the day here on wnsp at least for the opening kickoff so thanks for hanging with us
2: you want to take the midwest first okay what's the last one for us to do uh
1: i have uh texas advancing to the final four uh through there uh they meet houston i got houston going all the way through to the uh to the elite eight so i got houston i got auburn winning one before they get bounced uh, I got Indiana in that game against Miami, but I, that one was kind of a toss-up for uh, for me. So I have Miami advancing, Indiana advancing. Um, I got Iowa State and uh, Xavier. I got Texas A&M and, of course, Texas. So you get the Texas-Texas A&M matchup there that I think some folks would be interested in seeing. But at the end of the day, I have Texas advancing through that, through that part of the bracket and losing to UConn.
2: So in two instances where the so-called uh, guys that look at upsets uh drake at number 12 uh beating miami and kent at number 13 beating indiana you say no to that i agree with you i do not look for uh, miami and indiana to go down in the uh first round i've got obviously houston advancing i do have iowa beating auburn this afternoon um, and if you wanted to reason, the only reason is, is the fact that Auburn's lost so many close games this year. And whereas I'd like to see that rectified and changed. The interesting story. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, one of the assistants on Iowa used to be a grad assistant with Auburn and Bruce Pearl got in touch with him through I guess texting or whatever and said look we're changing all our plays yeah that was funny I thought that was cute I watched some of Bruce's uh press conference uh and and he had a lot of good notes but yeah the uh I I forgot the guy's name it begins with a G he's on the Iowa State uh staff right now and he used to be at Auburn so it's kind of a, a reunion at 545 all right so I got Houston uh beating Iowa and then advancing uh to face Miami but I got Miami beating Houston and I have Miami facing Texas in the elite eight and texas winning outs i got texas beating texas a&m in that second round game like you i've got xavier and iowa state moving on with xavier uh, beating iowa state and i got miami beating indiana these are second round games so i'm not looking for any of these upsets that people are saying well ken state this they're gonna beat uh, indiana nope i don't have that and i don't have drake beating miami
5: all right triple g drop some knowledge on us I do have Drake beating Miami. <laughs> I have Pittsburgh beating Iowa State. All right. And you know, the more I'm looking at it, I kind of wish I would have put Kennesaw State over Xavier. I don't know why. Uh, then I have. You know, by the time you get through everything, see, I, I, it's always like the one, two, three, and four seed that I have going through with it, and that's just not going to happen. Right. There's gonna be an eighth seed. There's gonna be someone. Now there's but only I've been, coming only out been of that one, one eight seed ever. Up, uh winning it all.
2: There's only been one eighth seed ever that's ever made it, and that's uh Villanova. So I think you're safe in staying away from the seven, eights, nines and just staying with the top four. I don't know. I don't Although know. Although Duke the... is a here's another thing that's surprised. I like Duke. You like Duke, Mark. They're a fifth seed.
1: Uh, we got a question about we talked about it earlier today. Um, so there's this New York Times report saying that there was a fourth Alabama basketball player uh in the car or at the scene um of the um the death of Jamea Harris. Um Kai Spears, he's a freshman walk-on. The New York Times is reporting it. Uh it had not been reported to this point. Now Alabama sent out a statement. Um, saying that that story isn't accurate. And in fact, that was the word they used, inaccurate. So uh, the only thing that gives me pause with the Alabama statement is the very next statement says, based on the information we have. That sounds like a little bit of plausible deniability. That's like saying, well, that's not what we were told. At this point, you have to know who's there. So for Alabama's sake, he better not have been there because... This will be a PR nightmare for the university if it comes out that he was indeed there because no one's going to believe that Alabama just didn't know. They're going to believe that he, they're hiding something or they're flat-out lying. So
2: Alabama better be very certain that they are comfortable with that with that statement. We brought up Billy Wits' story earlier with Paul Feinbaum. We talked about it. He had his thoughts on it. Uh, here, Here's my take. How would you—this— uh, lengthy into the investigation when this thing started January fifteenth, so you're two months into it not know that there was a, a fourth person involved. Because it's not like they're saying he was milling around or let's say uh a few blocks away. The story that I read said that he's in the car. He's in this car with Brandon Miller, right? So how would you not know that? How with all that's come out, with and, and not everything is out, I realize that. And there's a lot probably that will come out, you know, during the trial once they go to trial. But how could you go two months? If you got Jaden Bradley involved, you got obviously Brandon Miller involved, how would you know there's another player involved right. if he's in the car? Right.
1: And then if it if we find out that he was there, then now you question everything the university has said from day one. and And now you start wondering at what point is there some sort of conspiracy here to cover up? And again, I'm not a lawyer, but at some point, from a legal standpoint, where does the university fall in all of this? And,
2: you know, Mark, what this does now, as the tournament progresses, as Alabama continues to win, which you and I think they will, uh, Nick does not, but, you know, as they continue to win, the next stop would be Louisville. And now you had an extra piece. Now, as Paul said, if Kai Sears is in the car, it's it, it, he's, he used that term piling on. It's not exactly relevant to the case as far as we would know but it gives reporters another angle to go after
1: well i think it does add to the case because then if he's in the car did he know that the gun was there did he know that they were going to bring it there because there was some sort of intent to use so now this kai spears kid would be in the same category i think as brandon miller right all the same questions that we're asking of brandon miller now we you now have to ask of kai spears so
2: you know Now, he did not deny. He just said, I can't talk about it.
1: Now, imagine, right, which is exactly, we talked about this before. That's exactly what, you can't deny it because if you deny it, then anything you don't deny at this point, you're basically saying is true or accurate. So, we talked about this earlier. You can't, I I gave the example, uh, Lee, did you jump off a bridge Earlier today. Well, I can't really talk about what happened today. Did you have a cup of coffee? No. Give me a well, question
2: where I can answer. But
1: but be understand my yeah, point. I so understand if, you body say, body. if you say no to that, but you don't say no to the previous statement, then now I'm wondering, you know. I'll
2: give you a good one. Okay. Ask me if I have a flip phone.
1: Uh-oh. Ask him if – I have not seen your phone. Wait a minute. Find me some breaking news sounder if at all possible at this point because I'm getting ready to ask a very important question here at the end of our – Wait, that seems like a leading question. Lee Shravanian. I want to get this out of
2: the way. Uh Uh-oh. Lee, do you have a flip phone? I still have it, but it's not working. I have an iPhone.
1: Wait, what? Can you repeat that, please?
2: I am now in possession and using an iPhone happened yesterday.
1: It happened yesterday and you're just now bringing it to our attention. Well, I
2: didn't want the whole show to be about that. And I did that for a reason. I did not want that to become an issue like in other stories that you don't want it to be prevalent to this to the I, show.
1: I think it would only added to our um
2: I know you would to our show. Yeah, well, now that's why I saved it to the last. So it we- wouldn't
1: but you thought it newsworthy enough to bring it
2: up? Well, just not Well, I wanted enough to, to, to have how the question—what you would think when I said I—I I still have the the flip phone, but it's not working obviously because it's been disconnected. By the way, do you have a cover on that? Because I have to go get a cover today. <laughs> Did, do you, I can't tell from here. Yes, these both have covers. Yes. Okay. I I, I was wondering—are they all the same size? They are not. Ooh. Just bring your phone and say I need a cover for this. All right. Or I'm going to do that. A case. That's what I need. In case, case. I drop it. Do you it. like? Do you like the phone? I am doing a lot better with that in one day than I did. W- remember, I had that other phone. I do. Do you know? Remember what that was? I don't. The one I had a lot of problems it was a smart with. Smartphone. I remember. Oh, it was driving me nuts. And no, so I got off to a good start. I even, I even know how to put contacts into it. I Shut even put up. your, I even put your name in there. Stop no, it. No, I'm serious. I know this is a shocker, and Mind I knew this was blown. Two things happened yesterday, which have changed my life considerably. One, the fl- no flip phone, and I have an iPhone. The other, we have a dog in our house now.
5: <laughs> what? Yeah, this, this is an anarchy, dense, oper- people. Yes, this 50 is seconds left in the show. Yes. <laughs> All our material.
2: What kind of dog is it? Yours? What's its name? It's not ours. It's on loan because <laughs> my wife is doing a favor for somebody, but it could be there for a while. Did she say it's. I, I don't want this to come out wrong and sound like Shih Tzu. Is yeah. there such a. Yes, there is such a. A lot yeah. of hair. You right. can't see the eyes, or you can, but. What's its name? Fluffy? Irish. Its name is Irish. Irish. All right. Like the Fighting Irish. Hmm. So I'm like well, blown I away. My life has changed so dramatically. I'm like, you know, now we have a dog to contend with, and I, my, I, I, you know, I guess you can't, you can teach a dog new tricks. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not ready. A for dog, all this. yes,
1: an old dog. I don't yeah. know, but a dog, yeah. yes.
2: I'm not ready for all these changes in my life. You're handling it well. Uh, we, you know, what we need to do?
1: let's get hit. Let's get him to
2: take his first selfie and tweet it with the dog. No, <laughs> I did. My wife wanted. He'll it. never do it. No, not with me. But the she did want me to take a
1: picture. But of the, if we t- get him to take a picture with his new phone,
2: maybe tomorrow. You'll no, have to show
1: no, me. No. Dang nope. it! No, nope. <laughs> right now. I, I, I'm. We're I, doing an extra hour of radio
2: today. No. Breaking news here on WNSP. Uh, I didn't want anything to detract from this show because we had so much to because talk about. Because breaking down
1: <laughs> our brackets was so intriguing for the dozens the of people. This is
2: important stuff, Lee. People this is life changing, brackets. man.
1: You call an Uber. I haven't done that or, yet. Or you don't even need to call. That was. The whole I, have way, never, but you
2: can... I have never done that. Well, it's a whole new day.
1: All right, that does it for another edition. We're on the road tomorrow for Championship Drive. We're at Cottage Hill. Uh, The school. The school. See you.